It's the most wonderful time of the year. With Matt's cheerful greetings and Chris needing bleeping with gobbles and cheer. It's the most wonderful pod of the year. discontinued on display i now felt a lot of pressure to give the most cheerful greeting that i could my name is matt and i'm chris and i decided to sing again you know there have been there's been quite a lack of singing in this season and was last uh, season the season we sung a lot or was it the tv season i can't remember i don't remember i'd have to go back and listen this podcast has gone through at such a like it hasn't been going on for that many years. I feel like we're like we just crested a year, but at the same time, we've done so much that I'm like, I don't know anymore. Yeah, we evolve very, very quickly. <laughs> um, the weird bits we do, but it's the most wonderful. We've we have stepped into Christmas, we stepped into it already. Yes, we we're, did we're, two other episodes. This is our third on Christmas. Yeah, we're stepping more into it, and and this week we are focusing on more of the decorations standpoint of it all. That you know, Christmas decorations have gone through some uh, ebbs and flows over the years. Future decorations, interesting, because I mean, I guess technically two of my things count as a decoration. I was thinking as Christmas traditions as a whole. So I'm going to have one thing that is a little bit decorative. It has a decoration element to it. It's going to throw you. I don't think you're going to know what this is. I actually had a coworker recommend this item to me. So Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, I know. I, I, part of it was, I think, with how like just my research went and what I fixated on. Um, I just kind of. Uh, well, became... it also makes sense because of what the inspiration for this episode was, was a decorative item. Um, yeah, I won't yeah. spoil so I it. The, the decorations asset, but then yeah, no, no I, I I remember we texted about this, and you said traditions, and I was like, yes, let's do that, and then I and then I sent you a gif of a fiddler on the roof tradition, you know, thing. It's not it's not a conversation with you and Matt, me, Matt. If you don't make a musical theater reference, yeah. Oh, can I give you a hot take that might cause you to leave this pod right now? Yes, tell me. And my fingers uh, on the exit button. <laughs> I think fiddler on the roof is really not that great. I've never seen it. I don't it's, care to. It's it's I just I, I just don't like it. Like it's it's nothing really happens. Like okay, it's it's like okay, name a musical where something happens, like an old musical. Like there's some stuff that happens. Like Oklahoma things happen. Nothing happens in Oklahoma. No 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 no. I hate it. Oklahoma is arguably the worst musical. Whoa. Nothing happens. It's boring. What? This is this is this this is what happens in Oklahoma, Matt. Okay. A cowboy tries to marry a young girl. Their farmhand, who is sad and depressed, only made worse by the fact that everyone in town is obscenely mean to him. Like, that brings him to the point of violence. Um, some other man goes to Kansas City and tries to, to date the, the dumbest person in town. 
That's all that happens. And then two people fight over a woman and you're only rooting for Curly because he's the handsome one. That's it. That's why you're supposed to root for Curly is because he's handsome. You're specifically supposed to hate Judd because he's ugly and not rich. Oklahoma is a terrible musical. It has some really catchy songs. I will That's give true. it that. Rodgers and Hammerstein's can write a banger. But Oklahoma, garbage. Wow. All right. Not loving Oklahoma. You know um, what else is kind of garbage? The Sound of Music. The, you know what happens in The whoa, Sound of whoa, Music? Whoa, whoa, Nazis. Whoa. Like, nothing even happens with the family. Just Nazis. They had to bring in an outside problem. Hang on. on. Stuff happens with the family. There's growth. The kids go from, from like, mischievous little kids to growing. The dad goes from, from like, I don't want anything to do with my children's lives to being able to love again. The dad has a tawdry affair. He is supposed to marry a nice duchess. And he has a tawdry affair with a nun. (laughs) Have you seen the SNL skit with John Mulaney? With a sound of music. Oh yeah, the I am sixteen. Go- I am seventeen, going on thirty eight. What? <laughs> Actually, I'm forty three. Yes, <laughs> Wait, that's what? it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it's it's very funny, but no, stuff happens in that one. Okay, yes, there's some there's some maybe questionable ages of people falling in love. No, but, uh, the sound of music is literally like three hours of not a lot of conflict, not a lot of action. Like, that should not be that long. Wait, okay, does the music man have action? Don't even, don't you even dare. What action is in the music man? The music man, so a charlatan rolls into town, steals money from everybody, seduces the librarian, and, like, convinces her younger brother that he is, like, this amazing individual because everyone doesn't think he is. Like, he tricks an entire town. And then they try to tar and feather him because he's a bad person and he has to convince them that he's not a bad person. Yeah, okay. This is that's just as much that happens in the sound of music. No, absolutely not. Yes, there's the same amount of stuff that happens. There there's a mayor and like a and a and a barbershop quartet. There's a mayor, oh oh, trying to catch out the bad guy. Like there's action, there's a chase scene. I mean, technically the Nazis do chase the Von Kratt family. Chase scene in Sound of Music. But there's, there's trickery. A, there's, there's a no whole tr- sham. Yes, there's a whole sham performance that they have to give and sneak off and knock. Like that's a whole trickery thing. No, I don't. Oh, I don't. Man. I don't like the Sound of Music very much. Oh my gosh! I'm not saying the Sound think, of Music. My I'm not saying the Sound of Music. My favorite musical, but it's 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 my parents' favorite musical. I think if my parents had to name a favorite musical, they would pick the Sound of Music. I was raised watching it. I've never liked it. I like the Goder song with the puppets. <laughs> That's about uh, it. You, you should watch the Muppet Show episode with Julie Andrews because she's yes, I've seen that. Muppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah okay, Matt. I own. I used to have the Muppet Show VHS tape that had Julie Andrews's episode, Raquel Welch's episode, and Elton John's episode on it. The Raquel Welch episode is a very confusing episode. <laughs> no, it's the best episode. She's going to have a romantic relationship with a frog. Yeah. <laughs> She wears a loincloth with the giant monster. And I Am Warpig, best musical number in the world. It, that is Best a really musical good number in the world. Uh, what is, okay, we got to get to this. What is your favorite musical? Uh, My favorite musical? musical? Oh, it's Music Man. Sorry, Music Man. 
No, right? it, music. That's not my favorite musical. It's my oh, number sorry. three. Oh, that's number three. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Maybe we've already gone over this. I don't remember. No, I don't think we have. My favorite musical, I would say right now, is Six. Okay. Uh, which is a new musical about the wives of Henry VIII. It's really oh. good. Okay. And I saw it when I was in Chicago. I, my top three are Six, La Cajo Faux, and The Music Man. Oh, okay, okay. You know, I don't know my sneaky one that I always enjoy when I see. Jesus Christ Superstar? Uh, not so much. I'm not a big Jesus Christ Superstar person. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Anytime I see that musical, I'm always like, I really enjoy this. <laughs> what an interesting choice. I mean, it's a bop. It's got great music to it. Oh, I, yeah. I hate the ending. And that's, yeah, it's not because it's a, it's not, it's not because it's a bad ending. It's a good ending. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just not a happy ending, and I don't yeah. like it because, like, the show, it's to me, builds to everyone should get out okay, and they don't, and I don't like that. I don't mind it when a show doesn't end well. I, I, sometimes you need it. I saw, I think we've talked about this because you and I both like Ragtime. I saw a production of Ragtime, and Ragtime ends on a really hopeful note, but the way they directed it, they, they reminded, they directed it to end it without explaining the entirety of Ragtime. To remind the audience, in the last three bars of music, when you're feeling your most hopeful or everything's great, that racism is still extremely prevalent in the world, and it takes all the joy out. It takes all the air out of it, and it's they did it on purpose, and it was a brilliant way to end a show on a very negative note, um, but with a lot of meaning behind it, and I, I know there is meaning behind Little Shop, but like I just so yeah. no, really no, 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 wanted no. happiness out of Little Shop. Yeah. The other great one is uh, Little Women. That's another great one. Love that one, too. I've never seen the musical version. Oh, musical's great. Oh, really, really well done. Hmm. Uh, I, th- th- that's got some bops in it as well. So I guess we're, one of these days, Matt, you and I need to do an episode about musicals. So, so I was about to say, we've been going like 10 minutes now, and all we've had is uh, talking about our favorite musicals. So uh, can I give you some history of Christmas decorations? Go to town, please. I'd love okay. it. Okay. So uh, this is a, a rabbit hole that I went down that I didn't necessarily wanted wanted to go down, but it was very very interesting. I'm Deck my halls, was... Matt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you betcha. Um, so we didn't really start decorating for Christmas until like the 18th and 19th centuries because you know obviously the Christmas tree was a pagan thing, and so you know the Puritans and everyone that came over was like, no devil, um, none of that. But uh, so it was not until. Queen Victoria, in the late 1840s, celebrated Christmas with her German-born husband, Prince Albert, and they decorated a evergreen tree. And in true fashion of America, and this is something I still don't understand today, we fought a whole war to get away from the royalty in Britain, and yet we, like fawn over them we're like well why do we care about this we, we still we do. fought a war so we didn't have to care about this it's not about not caring about the royals it's about not wanting to pay taxes yeah i guess you know the whole money thing anyway not it i don't want to get into that also part. the church back then or not the church i mean yes the church and the monarchy was a lot more oppressive today they don't it's not as i mean i think a lot of people still very much follow it to like, like my mom my mom is obsessed she loves their story. But that's the thing. The reason we care about it now is because they tell it. It's a story. It's, I mean, it's literally dramatized by Netflix because it oh, is yeah, that yeah. dramatic. Yeah. So um, so that became wealthy Americans were like, oh, Queen Victoria's doing this. That's what high society is doing. So I want to do it. So mm-hmm. uh, first trivia question. Chris, who was the first 
president to put up a White House Christmas tree. Okay. So if we're going along with the see, here's the problem. You want me to give I you don't the know year? My, no, no. I was going to say, I don't know my presidents well. Oh, see, I don't either. <laughs> okay, I guess give me the year. What was the year? 18, 1856 was the first oh, one. You you crap. at home out there, yell yell at whatever you're listening to, your phone, your radio. Yell as loud as you can so we can hear you. I have no idea who the president was in 1850. Uh, I have uh, – I, I need to look up some facts, but this president is President Franklin Pierce was the first I've, one. Never even heard of him. All right, let me give you some. Let me look up Franklin Pierce. He was the 14th U.S. president. Let's uh, Wikipedia this bad, but oh, WhiteHouse.gov. Okay, uh, let's see what. Tell um, uh, me, is that all? He's, is that all he did? Was he put a White let's House up and see. or a White House up? He put a Christmas tree in the White House. Oh gosh! Uh, two months before he took office, he and his wife saw their 11-year-old son killed when their train was wrecked. Oh gosh, that's horrible. Um. He, uh, I don't know. He, he, he did stuff. He was a, he, I don't know. He did government things. Great. Uh, great description. Yeah. I don't know. But so the, uh, so expansion. So, so in his inaugural, inaugural speech, he proclaimed an era of peace and prosperity at home and vigor in relations with other nations. The United States might have to acquire additional possessions for the sake of its own security. He pointed out and would not be deterred by, and I quote, any timid forebodings of evil. That's a good quote. Timid forebodings of evil. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he uh, um, he repealed the Missouri Compromise and reopened the question of slavery in the West. I mean, I think there's probably a reason you haven't heard much of uh, Franklin Pierce. Sounds so, like it. There you go. So, okay, we move on from Franklin Pierce. And now... We um we have oh where did I see this? Uh now we have oh yes. Electricity comes in the late 1800s. And so in 1895, this president put up the first electrically lit tree in the White House. Oh gosh. I have heard of this president. It's not Teddy Roosevelt, he is shares it? Shares the name what? It's not Teddy Roosevelt, is it? It's not Teddy Roosevelt. He shares the name with a character on Sesame Street. <laughs> Elmo, Big Bird, Oscar. <laughs> President Big Bird Johnson. <laughs> um, who is it? It's Grover Cleveland. Oh, okay. Grover, of course, being the adorable blue monster. On Sesame Street and Grover Cleveland. Um, oh, hang on. Let me get uh, Grover Cleveland facts here. Look at all. Oh, so interesting fact. Grover Cleveland was the 22nd and 24th president of the United States. Good for him. He's the only president to leave the lighthouse and return for a second term four years later. Uh, he was one of nine children of a Presbyterian minister. He was a lawyer in Buffalo. Uh, let's see. Uh he was a bachelor, and so uh, uh, Cleveland was ill at ease at first, but with all the comforts of the White House, he wrote a friend this, I must go to dinner, but I wish it was to eat a pickled herring, a Swiss cheese, and a chop of Louis instead of the French stuff I shall find. Also, he was the only president to be married in the White House. I know it's a big deal when presidential candidates aren't married, like that's a thing 
nowadays, like, people are like, well, you need a first lady. It looks weird if you don't have a first lady. Like, I know that's a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. It's just, that's just weird. I, that's weird. So, Grover Cleveland, married in the White House. Good for him. All right, one more president thing. Oh, okay. Because then, uh, so now, you know, like, Christmas decorations are exploding. Like, department stores are taking over. They're like, oh, this is a business. And so now we have the first national Christmas tree in Washington, D.C., which was a 48-foot balsam fir covered with 2,500 electric bulbs. And that was in 1923, and the president was... Shoot, I should know this one. Hold on, I should know this one. Who is it? It is Calvin Coolidge. Yep. Should yep, Calvin Coolidge. So, so at my job, we do a lot of, like, I do a lot of historical things in the family. I do a lot of historical things around. I had a lot of connection with presidents, starting very much with Roosevelt, involving Coolidge. There's a rumor that one of the family members had an affair with Coolidge. It's a rumor. Oh. It's a rumor. It's a huge rumor. We cannot prove it. I do not believe it happened. Um, and then going all the way through like FDR um, and Truman, actually not FDR, going all the way through Truman. Ooh, excuse me. Um, I should have guessed Coolidge. I'm a fool, Matt. Yeah. I'm a fool. Um, let's see. Oh, here's your fun facts about Calvin Coolidge. Um, he was the most negative and remote of presidents. Um, however, did no you know? I... Was... Oh, gosh. oh no! Finish your facts. I have a fact about Coolidge, though. That no about his president was kinder in permitting himself to be photographed in Indian war bonnets or cowboy dress, and in greeting a variety of delegations to the White House. Um, both his dry Yankee wit and his frugality with words became legendary. Did you know that Calvin Coolidge did not stay in the White House? Oh, where did he stay? So when Calvin Coolidge was president, I mean, I'm sure he he does, I think, eventually go back into it. He's The White House is being renovated. So he actually oh. rents the property of a publisher and editor in Washington, D.C. named Sissy Patterson. Okay. Um, who's a relative of the person whose history I share. Um, but Eleanor Patterson owned this big fancy mansion in DuPont Circle. Um, which is this, and it is now a hotel. Dupont, 15 DuPont Circle is a hotel now, but it was the temporary White House for Calvin Coolidge and his wife. Interesting. Wow. So now, with Christmas Christmas decorations, Americans spend more than $6 billion annually on Christmas decorations. Jeez, Louise. So we went from, this is pagan stuff from the devil and if you put a christmas tree up a demon's gonna spawn from your floor to let's spend six billion dollars collectively on this stuff what an industry i mean sounds like america we went into we went into the wrong business matt yeah we should have uh we should have got into christmas decorations there is a christmas tree I, i someone at work showed me this there is a christmas tree at neiman marcus it's all glass blown like bulbs that's all it is it's not you cannot hang anything on it and they spiral and it's like rainbow they're like different shades like throughout the the color wheel going all the way to the top thirty thousand dollars wow i would not spend thirty thousand dollars on many things most things 
A glass-blown Christmas tree is not one of them. Not one of them. <laughs> All right. So what did uh, what did you find as some uh, good discontinued tradition? Well, since we're talking things? about Christmas tre- since we're talking about Christmas trees, I want to start with the thing that kicked this all off, and that was the aluminum tree. Uh, very popular starting in 1958 and going until about popularity until the mid-60s, although the trees were sold through the 70s. Uh, by the time you get to the early 2000s, late 90s, you're seeing a lot of these trees pop up at garage sales for like, um, yeah, for like 25 cents. People are just trying to get rid of them. Um, they were this really hip thing like, ooh, look at your tree sparkle from the, the streetlight. It is it is considered by many to be the first non-green artificial tree goodness gracious i am sleepy this evening excuse me you know i mean it wouldn't be you know we're we're, we're busy people and it's late <laughs> <laughs> um but that is the original or not the original that that was the thing that kicked off our idea here were these tinsel trees that you don't see anymore artificial trees are a big thing um, and actually I was listening to a different podcast. I was again, Ooh. listening to the office ladies, please sponsor us. Um, and they had mentioned, they were talking about trees. Um, I'm going to pose to you a question that they posed, Matt, which do you think is more environmentally friendly, a real tree or an artificial tree? Huh? I mean, I guess I would say a real tree would be more environmentally friendly. And here is my thought process. Mm -hmm. The artificial tree obviously has to be made of artificial things. Mm -hmm. And when that tree goes bad, I throw it away and it ends up in landfill. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am chopping down a new tree every year. But that means one of two things. One, there's new trees being planted. It repla- You can replace the tree. And when I have to throw the tree away, I can use it for other things. Like I can use it for firewood. Or I, you know, a very popular thing is to save the log of the tree from last year's Christmas tree and burn that. You know, that's very you know, fun and sentimental. So, and my Christmas tree that I throw out that's real does not end up in landfill. It decomposes and you know goes back into the earth that's my thought process you are a hundred percent correct for all those reasons plus um having a real tree supports the tree farming business and helps provide jobs for people so you add that on top of it too owning a real christmas tree is actually better than an artificial tree um although it is a little bit more maintenance although i'm considering getting a real tree this year i just moved and i had to throw out my artificial tree because, uh, A, it was on its last legs. It needed to go. But I also have no place to store it. And I need something that I yeah. can dispose of safely every year. I might have to start doing a real tree. Not what we're here to talk about. But um, so this, like, very, very shiny, very jazzy tree. There's not a lot of reason that I could find why the aluminum tree stopped being a thing. Outside of the fact that I think at some point in time it becomes kind of tacky and gaudy. It, I, I think that's kind of, you know, you go through a time of that 50s, 60s, 70s where that, like, aluminum would have been really chic. Like, I can see the advertisements now of, like, hey, get your aluminum tree. And, and it was. And, now, there was a resurgence of the aluminum tree, and I think we've talked about that before, that nostalgia factor that people get for things. And in the early 2000s, I want to say it was around 2005, 
Some of these aluminum trees were going for thousands of dollars on eBay. Specifically, the rare pink aluminum tree was selling oh. about $3,500. Um, you can still buy aluminum trees on eBay today. I did check. Uh, you can get them for very reasonable prices, okay. under $100, some a little oh, over because they are vintage items. You can. There are some people who are out there still selling them for a couple grand. Get out of here, those people. Um, so you can get a, a, an aluminum tree. Um, if you're that interested, although I feel like an aluminum to me, aluminum tears easily, it damages easily. I don't know if I'd want an aluminum tree. I well, can't imagine I that holds up well. Aluminum to me is synonymous with aluminum foil, and that's the stuff that I wrap like leftover food in. Like so, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna decorate my house with stuff mm-hmm. I wrap leftover food in. Like I know it's not the same, but that's just like what my mind connects with. No, I did say there is no clear cut reason that. They stopped making them. However, it is rumored to it is it is roughly believed that the reason we don't have them anymore is because of a Charlie Brown Christmas. That's true. That a Charlie Brown Christmas kind of brought around the end of the aluminum tree. Well, because in that he like knocks on one of the metal trees and it clangs. He's like, no, it's not that when he takes the sad little real tree and the sad little real tree is the one that's great, not yeah. the stupid fake one. So the fake trees kind of lose their popularity, and it's due to Charlie Brown. I mean, that's rumored fact, to be the reason. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that special is still around and mm-hmm. still very prevalent in society today. So I can only imagine the power that it had back then to kind of sway people um, and stuff like that, you know. It is tough to know like when something is a fad and when something is really a staying power thing because fads don't necessarily have to be something that lasts, you know, three months. It could last 10 years Mm -hmm. and then just that's it. Now, the other two things I did find and and to talk about, I'm going to save I'm going to save the one you don't know for last. I'm sure you've heard of the Yule Log. Oh, yes. The Yule Log. So the Yule Log in this day and age, I'm sure there are still some people who practice it, although it is not a common practice because of what the traditional Yule Log was. So I'm sure people still light a ceremonial log. There were several weird origins to it. No one knows 100% when the Yule Log started. Um, it's a, a very old tradition dating back to at least the 1700s. But some people believe that it is a pagan ritual that was eventually adapted into lighting it as a symbol of the star when the Lord was born. And then it's actually a symbol of the Lord abolishing our sins. And then here's the reason that I found that to me, I think is the actual reason the Yule log is a big tree that you cut down and you start from the thickest part of it and you burn it. For the entire Christmas season, this tree gets you, heats your home for the entire holiday season. This is before we have, you know, heat in our homes. That's what the Yule log is. It is your Yuletide log. Um, There's also reference to you start the Yule log on Christmas Day and you burn it through the 12 days of Christmas. So meaning that your Yule log will end on the 5th of January, which also is when La Bafana comes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Odd coincidence. 
Nice. Good for her. Now, the um, Yule Log also takes on a life of its own in French patisserie work um, in okay. the Bouche de Noël, which is a French pastry. That is still very prominent. It is separate from the Yule Log, but it's essentially a Christmas cake, like a Swiss roll style cake or a jelly roll style cake. So it's a rolled, swirled cake um, that is decorated to... Have you never had a Bouche de Noël? I probably have. Um, I, if I, you I ever... Think of it off the top of my head. If you're ever in Disney World during Christmas, their okay. Christmas celebration, you go to Epcot. France has them at the French Pavilion. Oh, okay. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, get on but it. it's essentially, it's kind of like a chocolate cake rolled with a cream in the center, and there's decorations that make it look like a log. Um, okay. And that is a French bouche de Noël. So it's your Yule log or your Christmas log, but in France, it's a cake. It's not something you throw in your fire. I mean, that sounds that sounds good. I mean, really, it, most modern homes. I mean, now we just throw up the Yule log on Netflix or the Frozen one on Disney Plus. Like, yes. I mean, so many homes don't do fireplaces anymore, partly because of again the risk of you know when when you when you have a fireplace, you have to like watch it. <laughs> there are a lot of maintenance. I have a fireplace, and it's a wood burning fireplace in yeah. my condo, and I don't want it. Like, I don't use yeah, it, it. No intention to use it. Yeah. It, now. I will say we had one in my home growing up and they're like have it going on Christmas and like those those cold nights to be able to sit by the fire. Really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember I remember it being a lot of like we had to check with each other. Like, are you going to be up for a while? Because you got to let the fire completely die down. You got to close the flue and then you have to buy the special log that cleans out your chimney. And then you got to I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into them. And I just think modern homes just aren't. If, if they're going with a fireplace, they're going with like the gas fireplace. Like we have a gas fireplace in our house. I had a gas fireplace. in my, We had a wood burning in my first house. In my second house, we had a gas fireplace. And I set myself on fire with it. So <laughs> I don't I use it that much. I turned on the gas. I was in high school. I turned on the gas and I was trying to light a fire. And I couldn't get it to catch. I had my little stick, you know, the clicky thing yeah, yeah. that you get from Target. And I couldn't get it to go. Finally, it catches but not before creating a giant inferno ball that comes <laughs> flying out of the fireplace at my face, singes the bejeebies out of my eyebrows. Luckily, I was wearing my glasses and not my contacts. I'm rolling around the floor. I'm sure I'm on fire. My dad is sitting there reading off of his like laptop, and I'm rolling around, I mean, like screaming, I'm on fire, get water. And he looks down and he goes, what? And I'm like, I'm on fire! And he's like, oh! And then he goes and gets water, but I put myself out if I, if I even had been on fire. It was a terrifying yeah, yeah. moment. Um, the reason was is I hadn't opened the flu, so all the gas was collecting. Yeah, so I'm saying I can tell you exactly why that didn't happen. So yeah, no, ours is like a closed off thing. But but part of the reason we don't do it a lot is because so our downstairs is just one big room. Like it, it you know, there's a hallway that goes, but like it, there's no like. There's no door or anything. It's just like you enter into different parts of the mm -hmm. room. So like here's the kitchen. You have an open concept house. Yes. Yeah, open concept. So when you turn the fireplace on, that one room gets really warm. And if you try to go anywhere else in the house, it's really cold. <laughs> so um, we just don't use it that much. And right now we have kids too and trying to explain to kids like, hey, don't go near this. It's hot. Just it's much easier just to not have it on. Yeah. Um, I, speaking of fire, mm -hmm. um, the other one that I went down, 
is the whole like candles in your Christmas tree, which oh yes, is is absolutely hilarious. How we ever thought as a society that was a good idea. Hey, here's this thing that can eat like Smokey Bear had to be like rolling around in his. I was about to say grave, but I spoke of the bear's not dead. Um, <laughs> rolling around in the forests. I don't know what he was mad. Mm-hmm. Smokey the bear was probably very mad because, you know, we just like put candles in, in a thing that is highly flammable. Well, um, theoretically, if your tree is sitting in water, it should be fine. If you keep your tree hydrated, it should not catch. That still just seems like, okay. Have you yes, ever no. tried to set a green leaf on fire? I mean, It yeah, won't catch. No? <laughs> no, I have. No, this is real. I'm not kidding. So we had at work, there was this plant. I can't remember what kind of plant. I, oh, it was a bay leaf tree. Oh, okay. And there is this old legend that if you take a bay leaf off the tree and you wait for, you write your wish on it and you wait for it to completely dry and then you set it on fire. If it catches and burns, your wish will come true. But the people, the, our horticulture team was explaining to me, if it has any green in it, there's moisture in it. It's not going to catch on fire. You need it to completely dry out. See, so, okay, first things. For One, okay, so you have to make sure it's completely hydrated. Um, knowing Americans, are we good at that? We good at taking care of things and making sure that things are safe? No, no, not at all. I'm sure a lot of people died from candle tree fires. Oh, I mean, uh, I I love too that um, like there was a uh, uh, who was the guy Frederick Arts in 1878. He invented the clip-on candle holder, and that was supposed to solve the problem because until that clip-on candle holder, you just like set the candles in there, um, and you you like tried to pin them down with a needle or tie them to the branch using wire string or like using the actual wax as adhesive. And like, you didn't light these candles for long. It wasn't like, you know, now like Christmas lights can be on for hours and hours and hours. You like light these candles for like 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, but still, I cannot think of any more nerve wracking than like, all right, we lit all the candles. We got 30 minutes of this and then we got to blow them out before our house catches on fire. To absolutely terrifying. Just what terrifying. awaits your Yule log? Yeah, so, you know, um, so basically what killed it was insurance companies that went, yeah, we're not going to insure your home if you're going to put candles in a highly flammable tree that you might not take care of. I didn't even think about that one. That's a that's a good one, Matt. That's a really good discontinued tradition. Yeah, it, it's well, and I want to say it still is prevalent in some other countries. Like they, like definitely, this is not one that's completely discontinued. I think in America, it it, it would you would be very, very it would be in very rare cases where you would find a household that did candles and trees. Mm-hmm. And even I would say the most Americans I would I don't know I'm making this up. I don't know if this is a stat or not, but more more and more people that I know are doing artificial trees. And now with LED lights where I mean I remember when I was young, we had to watch the lights of getting hot. And so we had to, you know, turn them off and make sure like, hey, if you're not in the room, you need to turn it off because, you know, these lights might get too hot. Now with LED, it's like shit, whatever, just Christmas tree can be on all the time. Lights are not going to get hot. Those LEDs are going to last forever. It's fine. Um, Whereas, you know, if you are lighting flames next to a tree, you kind of had to be in the room. (laughs) 
it's very interesting to see where we've come, which I think is another interesting thing about the podcast is like seeing how we've adapted over time with different things. So, like uh, quackers. Okay, like who doesn't want a toy that's going to shatter into your eye? Clackers. Oh, wow. There's a throwback. Clackers. Okay. Well, uh, hit me with the one that, uh, that I, uh, you're excited about. Are you familiar with the Tom and Jerry? The Tom and Jerry? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I am not. This is a Midwest-specific Christmas drink. Oh, okay. It's Tom. a cocktail that has fallen out of popularity. Um, it was... The belief is... Again, it's hard to pin it, but the belief is that it was invented in 1820 uh, as a promotional thing for an author... I can't think of the author's name. One second. Um, I'm going to see it. And uh, Pierce Egan had written a book. um, And there was a character named uh, something Thomas and a character named Jerry something. And it also eventually gets turned into a play. And the Tom and Jerry is rumored to have been adapted for that. Then there's also a bartender in America in the 1840s who is believed to have invented it because of his love of egg-based cocktails, such as eggnog. Um, Okay. And that this is kind of an adaption of eggnog. But what the drink is consisting of, it's essentially a hot rum. So think like a hot butter drum kind of a thing. So you're going to have hot milk or hot water that you pair with your rum. And that's the base of your drink. And then you're going to top it with an egg white mixture that contains butter, sugar, vanilla, nutmeg, cloves, and cinnamon. Yeah, let, let, me, let me read the instructions for it. It's called a Tom and Jerry batter. Yes, so yes, that's Tom the batter, and, exactly. The Tom and Jerry batter. Here's the the instructions. Separate three egg yolks and whites and set aside. In a non-reactive bowl, whip the egg whites with a fourth teaspoon of cream of tartar until stiff peaks form. Sorry, what? A separate bowl. Yes, this is this recipe. No, no, no. Uh, cream no? of what? Tartar. <laughs> we can't do that. We can't keep doing this, Matt. Tartar. 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 <laughs> Anyone I know I'm saying wrong, but I don't care. <laughs> Keep going. Cream tartar. Of, cream of tartar. Uh, in a separate bowl, beat the yolks with one cup of sugar, one half ounce of Jamaican dark rum, and one fourth teaspoon of vanilla extract. When the yolk mixture is completely combined, gently fold it into the egg white mixture. Keep refrigerated. So that's the Tom and Jerry mix. No, there's a lot of different ways to make that batter. There's a couple different things. Um, So essentially the way it works is it became so popular in Midwestern culture that they started selling Tom and Jerry sets. So you would get a bowl for your batter and then mugs. And they all said Tom and Jerry had holiday decorations on them. Um, and so essentially what you would do is you would fill the bowl with your batter and then you would put the rum and stuff in your mugs and then you would put the batter on top and you would drink it. And it's apparently, it was very popular. It's not very popular anymore. Um, apparently Amazon and Whole Foods are making, uh, Tom and Jerry batter that you can buy at the grocery store now. Okay. And so then all you have to do is instead of making the batter from scratch, all you have to do is get the rum and then throw the batter on top of it. Okay. Um, Okay. But the reason I thought you'd find this fascinating is you can buy this drink at very, very high-end restaurants during very specific times of the year. Or you can buy it in Disneyland because this is one of Walt Disney's all-time favorite cocktails. Really? Which Where did you be- find this out? From my coworker who shared this information with me. They used to be a tour guide at the Walt Disney Birthplace in Chicago. 
Okay. So they're very familiar with his history. Um, and, uh, oh, shoot, what was I going to say? Um, because he was from Chicago, it makes sense that this is a drink that he would have grown Midwest, up with. yep, yep. Um, and you can get it in Disneyland. Also, that also reminds me, I forgot to mention, really fast, going back, another thing that was really prominent in Chicago, the aluminum trees were first produced here in Chicago. Chicago's where it's at, baby. So, anyway. Is there, any, is there any place around us that we can get a Tom and Jerry? Like, I don't believe so, um, outside of going to the Whole Foods to get the batter. But you can still buy the batter sets on eBay. Um, again, ranging in prices from the low 20s. The most expensive one I saw was like 500 bucks, And it wasn't even like the nicest looking one. I don't know why it was that much money. I let it go. Oh, so there, um, there's a uh, there's a Walmart version, Trader Vic's Tom and Jerry batter. You going to try it this year? I I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big like egg based drink guy, but I mean, if Walt Disney liked it, it was a Walt Disney favorite. Walt Disney always made the right decisions for his health. <laughs> Absolutely, nothing he did was wrong. Nothing. <laughs> um, so that was my other weird one was this really oh. unique drink. I've never even heard of it. I, I had not heard of that either. I'm, we may, we, I'm gonna have to, I may have to try it. I'm gonna have but, to share a Tom and Jerry with somebody this holiday season. Did you have any others? I did not. I, again, I went down the history and the candles thing and, and then that's what I fixated on. And then I got distracted by the world cup and, uh, you know, work. <laughs> You know, another big one, we didn't, I didn't do a deep dive on it, but I remember thinking about it as I was uh, preparing was Christmas caroling. Oh yeah. That's not something that, I mean, we do it a lot uh, for church to the uh, like nursing homes. But yeah, I don't think a lot of like, like you don't see people going house to house anymore. We do a caroling program at work where we carol around the park, but. Yeah. But I think part of that is if like people were to come up to my house and start singing, I, I'm not sure. I'd be like, what, what in the world's going on? I wouldn't like enjoy it. I'd be like, this is go away, please. I, I think that's very much goes with the whole, you know, it used to be that in neighborhoods, you kind of knew everybody and you know, the, your house is my house. And you know, we kind of play our kids play in each other's yards and we help each other out. And now we're very much like, this is my house. This is my space you know, a, a good neighbor, I put good neighbor in quotes is somebody who keeps to themselves and doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And you can argue whether that's right or wrong, but that, that is what it is. And so I, I think that's where probably when, when that was more of a thing, when the neighborhoods are more of a thing, the idea of people coming up and caroling, we're like, Oh, this is really nice. We can come out. We can hear these people sing. They're on my lawn and they're singing to us. This is so delightful. Whereas now like the amount of people that would go, what are you doing on my property? Leave or I'm calling the police. Mm-hmm. It just makes caroling not worth it. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Anything else uh, you want to get to before we uh, close up the tour? No, I think that's everything. Those are all the traditions I kind of did a deep dive in. I'm sure there's a lot more. Um, oh, so if yeah. you guys at home have any you want to share with us, you know, make sure to hit us up on, on Instagram or Twitter or in our email. And Matt, what are those? How can they do yes. that? Email us, discontinued on display at gmail.com. 
Twitter at Discontinued Pod, Instagram at Discontinued on Display. You can check out all of our previous episodes on SorcererNetwork.com. Um, looking at doing some maintenance on the site over the holidays. I've got some uh, ideas of what I want to do, but it just takes that time to like sit and do it. Mm-hmm. I just haven't had that time to sit and do it. Um, I've got you know work and sports writing and uh, all this other stuff that I've been doing. So uh, just, you know, making time for it all. Um, as always, five stars, five stars on Apple Podcasts. So those reviews really do help us, mm-hmm. um, especially as we come up to the holidays. Like, hey, you want to test your you want to test your relatives on Franklin Pierce and Grover Cleveland and Calvin Coolidge trivia? Um, let them know about our pod. Uh, you know, tell tell your friends and family about them over this holiday season. I think. That's our, I think we've covered it all. Oh, uh, happy Thanksgiving. This episode comes out on Thanksgiving. But this episode, in fact, did not come out on Thanksgiving. What Matt doesn't know at this point is that he forgot about one episode and is a week off. So, please enjoy listening to Matt and Chris talk about how it's Thanksgiving a week afterwards. Happy ah, Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, I just, I just registered that. Like, oh, right. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for thanks for spending your Thanksgiving with us. We're thankful for you, the listeners. Gobble gobble. Gobble 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 gobble. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.